All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Oh Hi, It's Nice to Meet You podcast. Today, we have a very old friend, not like old, but I've known you for so long, Amanda. Amanda Ducharme, is that how you pronounce your new last name? Yes, you bet. That's correct. Amanda Ducharme. Now, you and I, Amanda, we met, yeah, a long time ago, back in our undergrad days. I, it must have been like the first couple years of university days. Um, And I can't remember exactly how we met now. Like, did we meet in a class or in the gym or something? I for sure remember us working on a project and going to the the university gym. And we had, I just remember we took photos. We took photos of like rotator cuff or something along those lines. So I'm thinking it was potentially the resistance or the strength, like pack three, four, whatever, 90 or something like that. Um, Yes. But I do remember it was definitely in a a class setting of some sort where we had a practical component to it. Yeah, good old pack classes at the <laughs> at the U of A phys ed, mm-hmm. phys ed department, phys ed gym or whatever. Right now, their facilities are so nice. Like I don't know if you've been there since, but yeah. um, I'm slightly on campus uh, at least once a week just because I take some of my dance classes there still. But um, yeah, like some of the facilities are really nice and upgraded, but it's all good because we were old school and we were back. Yeah, Yeah, I went back. So my one of my brothers right now is in physio school. So I had taken my kids uh, onto campus because he he, they were taking a, a peds class, like a physio peds class. So they needed a baby as a demonstrate, as a volunteer. So I volunteered my baby for the class. And so afterwards, I was like, let's go walk around campus because I haven't been here in like since I graduated in 2012. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's gorgeous. I'm like, what is this gym? There's like multiple levels and like just so mm-hmm. beautiful. And I, yeah, I was like, I just remember the dingy that one yeah. little dingy room yeah. where I'm pretty sure we did that that uh, project together, and yes. it was yeah just dark and old and yeah really really out of shape. <laughs> exactly yes, and so now yeah now they the one area that I go to often is right above. Okay, so remember the gym that had the treadmills on the second level, yes. and then would be the weights right. Yeah. So right across, like if you took those treadmill floor and you went right across, that yeah. is now a dance studio called oh. Dorothy Harris Dance Studio. Oh. And so she's the one that has created Orcasis, which is yes. the group that I was involved in ever since uh, my second year of university there. Okay. So now I still dance with them today. So I've been wow. with them for like 17 years. Yeah, wow. it's crazy. Wow. But that studio is so beautiful. Yeah, it's a nice uh, space. And then they pay tribute to the one that, um, you know, she created it and taught uh, dance for the phys ed faculty, etc. So mm-hmm. I, it's so nice to have that. But it's so big and beautiful because it's huge. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. You, you're like, you guys are spoiled now. You know, yeah. these UBA <laughs> students spoiled now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. 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 So 
ever since I've known you, you have been involved with dance and that was, that seemed to be a very big part of your life. Um, when did that all start for you? Was it in university or was it even prior to that? Um, so I started dance when I was eight, which okay. is actually late. Usually you'll hear yeah. um, dancers say when I was three or four, yeah. I took, you know, jazz ballet, hip, they'll list the names, right? Um, but when I was eight, my I had taken swimming lessons and my mom was like, because I, I have a twin sister and she said yeah. to both of us, she said, um, Kate, I want you guys to take some other activities. So at that age, we, t we chose soccer and mm -hmm. dance. Okay. And just out of the blue, I just chose uh, a jazz class. And I'm so glad I did because that's my favorite type of, of uh, dance. Yeah. And so I just took it at a community hall. And then mm. I also then phased into a studio in St. Albert. Okay. And um, I just took one class a week because being um, a sports person as well, like mm -hmm. there was a lot of commitment. So I could just take mm -hmm. the one class. Mm -hmm. And then it was actually in, um, yeah, second year of university. I just heard of this Orcasis uh, dance program. And um, at the time, Tamara Bliss was the director and she was also involved in Pazed Dance. And as you know, we had to take Dance 200 and all this yeah. uh, prereq. And so I got to know her through that. And I said, wow, this is great because when I was at the studio, I was 19 at the time. And when you're a 19 year old dancing with 16 year olds it's a big maturity gap mm, so yeah. then when I went to Orcasis it was great because mm. people were like 18 all the way up to like 50s 60s right. there was such this broad range and everyone yeah. was welcome yeah. um and so then yeah so then through them I diversified in taking different workshops so my main training is in jazz but through, mm. but you you do realize that you still need some foundations of ballet and then you also can explore different, um, you know, just either cultures or way of dance through different aspects of dance, whether it's modern or hip hop, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so mm -hmm. I would say eight, but I really started to f um, get into it more and more later in life. So, okay. Yeah. Um, what is it about jazz that makes it your favorite? Um, I love like, um, I like how there's different um, variations of it. So you have everything from Broadway jazz to commercial jazz to African mm -hmm. jazz. Um, you have souls like Latin jazz as well. So there's so many different aspects. It's very um, angular in its okay. look. So yeah. I just love that. And so if you think of like, I also love wearing a lot of black clothing. So I just oh. feel like black <laughs> it's such like a stage presence um think of like chicago uh, mm -hmm. musical that type of just uh you know even uh, a michael jackson element is in there as well so all that is just very interesting to me and i like that that look and that style mm -hmm. i still give appreciation to some of the others even though it may not be my my strength because ballet mm -hmm. is always going to be foundational in all of them yeah. but my true heart like beats when I get a nice good mm. jazz combo so yeah nice. that's what I love about it nice. yeah mm -hmm. awesome and would you say your like passion and love for dance continued to grow throughout the years or was there ever a period where you're like I'm not really sure if 
you know, if you want to keep pursuing this? Uh, no, definitely. It's always been a passion. It's, okay. it's bled into my fitness career as well. Okay. So that's really nice. So uh, like, I'll be dancing till the day I die. It's a way nice. for me to have um, just a, an expression of movement, right? We all like movement if, we, if we've come from that kind of phys ed background. Yeah. Of, of any sort right yeah. and so this is my kind of thing that I love to do um mm. and yeah I just I'll, I'll always have some aspects whether it's just for myself or to give to the community as well which is mm. which how I've been able to facilitate it through the fitness industry so yeah 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 so tell me a little bit about that like combining your passion for dance and then combining it with with the fitness industry and that's what you do as your main primary income. Right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Being a fitness instructor, whether it's through dance or at the gym or, or something. Correct. Yeah. You know, so yeah. Uh, when I graduated, I've always facilitated in rec facilities and I really love um, working for my community. So I've worked at the YMCA and then now a St. Albert rec facility. And those are my mm -hmm. main two places um, that I've had my experiences in. And what's so nice about having dance where you can infuse it into fitness is that you, it's not like I had to take uh, more exams or things to mm -hmm. facilitate dance in a studio. Yeah. Um, it was a way for me to show general public how to have exposure to very inclusive dance so whether mm. it's a cardio dance class that's a drop-in on schedule or mm. um the saint albert rec facility that i work at you can propose workshops so you can create your own um theme mm. yeah so i've done everything from uh like workshops that revolve around an artist so it might be like a lady gaga workshop nice. or i've taught like thriller or things like nice. that so yeah so you can bring um the general population that may be used to dance but can't find that avenue or feel intimidated by a studio mm. i just feel like i can fill that niche because our my fitness background allows the safety of the movement i'm not going to mm. get people to start um you know jumping around or doing exactly and so this way it, it fuses the two together where you take almost like a group fitness safety of facilitation through yeah. the lens and then you add like a sprinkle of the dance aspect and musicality and blah 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 so yeah so yeah so that's kind of how it's morphed mm. um yeah so did did you ever um have a desire to like have your dance career become the word I'm I'm thinking of is more professional, even though you are professional right now, but like, you know, going to LA or like some of these big name places, New York or, or whatever. Right. And, and elevating your career in dance in that way. Did you ever consider that? I think that um, it was something that I think I once looked into about being on a cruise ship at one oh. point, just to expose that and have that almost like a, a little bit of a year. Um, adventure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Adventure. Um, I think that the reality of also the fact that because I took one style for so long, Mm -hmm. the foundation that you need to be a professional dancer take years of work of many different styles right. so I filled my cup enough with the exposure that I had with Orcasis to different uh, dance professionals in the Edmonton and beyond Edmonton community I've also traveled 
internationally to take different workshops. So when I travel, sometimes I look for different studios in that city to, oh, to expose cool. myself. So yeah, so I have been to New York and Toronto, etc. Um, so I was able to fill my cup enough that mm-hmm. I never thought that I missed an opportunity because I love fitness as well. Mm-hmm. It allowed me to um, feel that I was able to give the way I wanted to give in the movement kind of industry. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, my answer is no, that like, mm-hmm. I was okay. I call myself like a recreational professional. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Well, I really love that. Like how you have that desire to be able to give back to your community and make dance more accessible to everyone and just, yeah, have the, the entry level to be, quite low so that everyone can experience, you know, what you experienced growing Mm up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's awesome. Mm -hmm. And so you said you taught, did you say YMCA and now St. Albert Rec Center? Yeah. So the why, um, the why I was, uh, I started out there in I believe my second year of university as well as a, I did day camp uh, counselors. Yeah. So love that. I remember that as a kid. Like, oh yeah, I I, going yeah. to the summer. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, and I actually I never went to camps when I was a kid. I I think I went to like one soccer camp. So mm-hmm. I went in there a little bit, um, just not knowing, but I knew that I could facilitate something of some sort, having um, a bit of you know soccer background, etc. And um, yeah, met some wonderful colleagues and coworkers that I'm still friends with today. Like we had really I was a counselor for four years uh Mm -hmm. every summer and I just loved it like the people because the YMCA is a non-for-profit you're you're working there because you want to be there because the pay the pay was not great like it helped me pay for some stuff for university but I was also living at home at the time so I didn't have to like scrounge you know yeah so yeah so I started as a day camp counselor then I worked my way up to in the workout center um and a lot of individuals were really good mentors because at mm-hmm. that time it was like if you if you can get certified in some type of group fitness you can do both private training and group fitness mm-hmm. so then you're really exploring the elements of facilitating movement mm-hmm. so i got certified in group fitness um I would say probably around the age of 20, maybe 21, I would take some YMCA courses and I taught step aerobics um, mm. and different strength classes, et cetera, and, and, and started to hone my skills of putting programs together, et cetera, even though I wasn't graduated yet because I had the YMCA course that allowed me to facilitate early. Yeah. And then I slowly worked my way up to becoming the supervisor there. So then I was Mm -hmm. supervising group fitness and the uh, fitness center for about four and a half years. And my total time there, I was there for 10 years. And then um, in amongst that, I sprinkled into the St. Albert Rec facility that I was at, that I'm at currently. And I was teaching there um, as well. And so once I left and resigned the Y, I got my 10 year service award and then I resigned, um, close to after that. Okay. And no, and it was just kind of, I need to move on. I was gonna, um, I was engaged. And so Mm -hmm. I was moving, Doug and I were, uh, moving to St. Albert. And so, Mm -hmm. um, it was, I'm like, okay. And then the St. Albert rec facility, 
I do just facilitate as a frontline for a while. So I did like training and classes mm -hmm. and we work with school teams there sometimes mm -hmm. and et cetera, et cetera. But currently there's a colleague of mine that went on mat leave. So actually mm -hmm. currently for the next um, another 10 months or so, I am the supervisor of just group fitness instructors in certain elements. So there's two of us and okay. we're called programmers. So I am in a salary role now, whereas yeah. I used to be just um, casual and hourly and like hustle and blah, 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 yeah, which yeah. I didn't, I, you know, I, I'm fine with that uh, structure as well because I'm right. spending over 30 hours doing that anyway. So mm -hmm. it was enough to, to have mm -hmm. that as income. So, yeah. So those are, that's kind of my history in the industry is okay. in a nutshell. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. So right now you're not teaching anything. They, they do encourage you to have a few of your classes because you're supervising group fitness instructors. They want you to also practice what you preach and be mm -hmm. connected to the, um, the, your members, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And it's a great way to talk to them because I know more about when the programs are coming out and what, what other, what new programs um, would help benefit you, et cetera. Mm -hmm. um, so I teach um, some Aquafit oh, and I cool. teach, yeah. And I teach um, a, a class called Forever Groovin, which oh. is like a cardio dance class. And it's geared for if um, like an older um active adult so like the genres of music range from you know 50s all the way to top 40 so um so yeah so those are my main two and then because i'm certified in other things i can i can happily sub but those are my main two that i teach now other than my other duties of being in the supervisor role so yeah yeah very cool now um you had mentioned that when when you were eight that's when your mom had uh, just encourage you and your sister. Your sister's name is Sam, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah, yeah. yes. Hi, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, she encouraged you guys to to kind of venture out and, and do some mm -hmm. more activity. Was mm -hmm. that something that she was always just really encouraging for you to like to to stay active, um, to be involved in, in lots of different activities? Is that something that you remember her yeah. encouraging you of? Like, uh, yeah, my parents are awesome. I have the best Aww. parents ever. So, um, yeah, no, they, they just, I think they could, they've come from an active lifestyle. Like my dad used to play like volleyball in high school. My mom used to run track. So there's definitely oh, genes wow. there that pass yeah. through. Yeah. Um, and so now, now they're just, you know, they're average parents like we, well, we all have. Right. Yeah. So I think that they just wanted us to keep busy. They probably, mm -hmm. um, yeah, just maybe saw our potential to be active, et cetera, and just wanted mm -hmm. to get us to have activities that we do. Um, mm -hmm. And then really from there, as I grew up, uh, we would uh, try uh, try out for sport teams, et cetera, play a bit of basketball, a little bit of track, this and that. So they just knew that we just wanted to be physical in some way. And yeah. Um, so yeah, but then um, yeah, Sam. It, it's kind of interesting to look at the different the differences as well. So Sam took tap, and mm -hmm. she took that for about I believe two or three years. But 
it never, she, she's like, it was fine, but it never really caught on for something to, yeah. her to continue. So then I just continued on with my, my training, but she's always like my biggest supporter. Aww. She, she's the one that says I should go professional. Right. I said, no, Sam, like you just, I appreciate the, the vote of confidence, but no, yeah, like, yeah. I'm not going professional. <laughs> anyway, well, so. well, and it sounds like, you know, you, you've kind of explored that a little bit more by taking other courses in terms internationally and whatnot but it seems like your desire is to stay in the community recreational like you yeah 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 Yeah, which is awesome because us folks that don't know how to dance and don't have much rhythm need someone (laughs) that that is passionate about that so right right um and when it comes to like some of these more artistic sports like dance and gymnastics, like, you know, some of these sports, I know that for young girls, there can, well, and even boys, if they decided to take it, there can be some like body image Mm -hmm. um, stuff that goes on. Did you ever struggle with that being in the dance community? Uh, Luckily not. Uh, luckily, like, yeah, like not younger. I don't remember feeling super self-conscious. Um, Mm. potentially I felt okay with my body because I was an active kid Mm. per Mm -hmm. se. So I could have been, you know, had a bit of buffer there that I could move well. And so I never got self-conscious about moving or, or performing, I guess. Um, And then I think like, as you get older, like, there's a few of those thoughts that can weave in and out, I would say in both of my industries. So being a female in the fitness industry, and then also a female, like a female in the dance industry, like how a costume fits, etc. So, but I have a when you're older, you have a voice and or like a, a group like Orcasis, it's like, a lot of the choreographers say, this is an idea of what I want the costume to be. You put on what you feel comfortable in. So you're mm-hmm. not really ever forced as, especially as an adult dancer to wear something you don't feel comfortable in. So if you did have insecurities, you could um, negate it by, by making yourself feel the best you can to perform. Mm-hmm. So luckily not myself, but mm-hmm. um I can empathize with those, how that industry would, would do that for when you're younger or in your teenage years. So. Right. Yeah. And have you ever had any um, like students when they come into your class, Mm. can you identify if they're feeling, you know, self-conscious, whether it's with their own self-image or, or whatnot? Um, Can you identify that? And do you like, talk to them or help them in that area at all or does your class just kind of once they get more comfortable in your class does that seem to help them um yeah so I think in because like I said when I was stating that I facilitate dance through a fitness group fitness lens and so Mm -hmm. your role is to facilitate the best movement out of that person on that day as well, Mm. because we all feel different every week too. So things, strategies that I've learned over the years, not that I did this right away, but it's, it's as, as I got more comfortable teaching um, group fitness and, and and dance per se is that 
Uh, I would do things like I wouldn't use dance terms because that sounds pretentious, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So I would explain things through imagery or um, mm -hmm. explain what the muscles are, or um, maybe not even the muscles, what the position or the feeling that you should do, just like you would train, say, a client to do um, a squat. It's actually the exact same. So okay. it's like, okay, so your feet are going to pretend to pull this piece of paper apart or something like that, where you give that imagery of alignment and placement. It's mm -hmm. the exact same when you facilitate uh, movement. And then I've also, uh, I pride myself in conducting myself in the fitness industry through customer service first. So things like you welcome the people into your class, you notice if you don't know who's new, then you haven't you haven't looked at your class enough to know who's your regulars and who's your new people. And then right. introducing yourself um, and never making anyone feel um, stupid for asking like, oh, um, you know, do I need shoes in this class? Like some people just mm. don't know. And so yeah. you say, you say, yep, like runners are great. Uh, we yeah. prefer no saw or whatever. Like you just yeah. keep the conversation rolling. So that way, because um, I have been uh, as a participant in dance like mm. either internationally or local, like I am, I find myself a little judgmental on mm. the facilitation of dance as a participant when mm -hmm. I find that it wasn't as inclusive or it's not very welcoming or they didn't really explain it that well and you're suffering trying to get the choreography. So I just also reflect on what I don't like and I try to portray, I, I can only control what I can control. So yeah. I just facilitate myself as like, how do I act professional, but also give the best class and not make it too hard, but not too easy right in the middle where people are um, encouraged and get a good workout, but also they feel like a bit of a dancer if that's the format of the class. Like I would facilitate myself like that for a strength class as well. But um, for dance, it can be a little bit like, oh, I don't know if I'm good enough to be in this right. dance. And I'm like, for heaven's sakes, we're in a a fitness rec facility it's going to be okay <laughs> i said we're like... not auditioning for dancing with yeah. the stars yeah i said this this mirror doesn't have like a recording behind okay. it so i said like i'm going to pretend that i'm auditioning but right yeah uh, yeah. yeah so mm -hmm. did you ever consider auditioning for some kind of oh. show like that no no <laughs> i again i get kind of that I fill my bucket. Uh, so, mm -hmm. so Orcasis has a, an annual show okay. that we do every year. And it's always yeah. when we, when it was, it was uh, now we've broken away from the university, but when it was connected to the university, we used to perform at the Meyer Horowitz theater. Yeah. Yeah. So that always gave me, and it was such a well done professional show that you felt like a professional dancer. Mm. So again, like I've had opportunities in my life where I felt um, that I got I got my, the aspects of performing and the maturity of training, et cetera. Yeah. So I, I never felt like I had to look elsewhere because I was mm -hmm. able to get like those exposures already. So yeah. 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 Okay. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and so you had mentioned that right now you're in a salary position, mm -hmm. whereas before mm -hmm. you had to um, like hustle more and, you know, look for different places or classes that you could teach to put together a substantial income or hours for yourself. Yes. Um, do you feel like there's a difference in, in how you feel like in your day to day, you know, with right now being 
where your income is predictable, whereas before it maybe was not as predictable. Is there a difference in how you feel and just your mentality about work right now? Yeah, the thing with with a salary job is you have a little bit more control over your days off for sure. So your work and and um, life balance. Yeah. But that being said, you also in a manager role, I'm um, you also don't know what stresses are ever going to come to you because you can't always control that. So you can't control like if there's um, dissonance between coworkers or if there's a policy change or things like that. So some of that comes towards you and it can feel like it's all at once, et cetera. Whereas I find when you're in the casual, like you do hustle in order to build up your hours, but then you also have to reflect that you could create a work-life balance for yourself Mm -hmm. in, in a casual role, but you just have to be open to different opportunities, be strategic, hold yourself to boundaries. So if you Mm -hmm. don't want to work past six o'clock, you have to be okay to potentially have a client say, well, unfortunately, I can only come at seven. And so and then I I would say to them, let me help you find a trainer with your availability. And Mm -hmm. I have to be okay with that. Because there's, there's a client for everybody. And, Mm um, and if you if you burn yourself at both ends, like mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. you can't sustain that, and you're not going to have like a life balance. So mm-hmm. it's about, um, yeah, I just like the formula has been crafted over the years of the experience of. Um, that's one of the reasons that I got certified in a few streams of group fitness so that it can complement maybe the gaps of the times that I don't have clients. It also allows me to meet a lot of clients, which is why I like to work at a rec facility because I can speak to, um, you know, a class of 20 to 40 in one hour, they get to know my name, they know who I am. And if they like my programming, they probably will think of myself as the first name when they would like to hire a personal trainer. So it goes hand in hand. So when you say yes to all these opportunities mm-hmm. and you get yourself and you pay respect to the certifications, um, I was able to make like over, I think once you get over 30 hours, you're pretty much working full time in the industry because you also have to think of that's 30 hours of actually facilitating. You also have a little bit of prep time in there, um, yeah. all your setups, your takedowns. Mm-hmm. So I would say that all kind of infuses because, you know, your your hours do fluctuate, of course. So maybe one week, some people are on vacation. So then you're down to 28 hours, you know, whatever. So, but um, great time management skills then, right? Because then you can just say, okay, I need to hustle and get a few more hours in here, a few more hours mm-hmm. there. So, yeah, there's pros and cons to both. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, uh, it, it, it wasn't really a... I don't think the income always affected me per se doing the change in this role. It was nice because I was, um, you know, the income is stable, but uh, I would say the biggest change is like the work-life balance and the pros and cons of each side. So yeah. 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 Like different levels of, of freedom on both sides. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I mean, I know you're in the position right now. Um, Is there one that you prefer over the other, like the salary Mm. type or the more contract casual type? I'm really, and this is such my my nature as well. I'm so 50-50. I'm very diplomatic. So I just (laughs) feel like I'm like, I truly, it. I could just see there's pros and cons to both sides. Like 
it was really cool to see the the industry from a because I haven't worked in a salary role in St. Albert. I did at the Y, but it was like they're two different facilities, totally different facilitations, right? So, um, yeah, so it's like there's a really nice um, way to look at the industry from programming and maybe what choices you make to make the schedule su successful or program yeah. successful. And I also am trying to work with instructors when they propose a program and I give ideas or suggestions or time of day or help, what's the feeder program to that program. Um, so all that was really cool to be learning throughout this process. And then on a casual side, um, you know, you're spending one hour with, with an individual is a very special um, time as a trainer because you're mm -hmm. getting one hour with some with one person. So mm -hmm. um, you get to really get to know that person and you have freedom. So if you also want to do like a two o'clock massage, you can <laughs> like right. there's a yeah. little bit of flexibility there. But yeah, um, and you can also facilitate yourself just you're uh, like as a casual I just had to worry about myself and how my performance was doing when you're in a when you're in the salary role you're having sometimes tough conversations with those that aren't fulfilling their role as a staff and so that can be again that kind of stress or conflict management that can come mm -hmm. your way that may not be always comfortable yeah. um but yet I'm learning a lot in the, in the position too. So yeah. again, it's, yeah, it's a big, yeah. well, that's my big long answer to say that yeah. I'm really, really 50, 50 on it. So yeah. 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 Well, it sounds like you are um, just, you take advantage of whatever position you are in, whether it's salary or casual and that it sounds like you, you learn a lot from each side and you're able to, incorporate what it is that you're learning into whatever mm -hmm. position that you're in and yeah that makes you just such a flexible person uh, in order to just take advantage of whatever opportunity opportunities come your way which is really yeah. great yeah, yeah exactly. that's awesome yeah. now you had mentioned that um, when you were switching from the Y uh, and looking for other opportunities and found St. Albert, you and Doug were engaged at that time. Yeah. Um, now I, did you guys start dating when we were in university? Cause I, I remember Doug cause he was in, in the same faculty uh, and we were in some of the same classes. I never actually got to know him or interacted with him, but I knew of him. Right. Yeah. Did, when did you guys start dating? So yeah, we had, I, um, I got to know him in my, in our third year. Okay. And then we actually officially started dating in fourth year, but it was, okay. um, it was like April. So we were all kind of starting to graduate. Yes. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, Doug has his phys ed ed. And so that's why some of the courses crossed over. I believe some of the, uh, Pearls 304, I believe him and mm. I were in the same course. And so how he first <laughs> recognize me is that um on a dance performance I subluxed my shoulder and oh, I was no. in a sling oh. and he had just <laughs> he had just got out of a sling because he had um a moped accident in Mexico <laughs> and I wasn't dating <laughs> I wasn't dating at the time I'd be like uh you don't do that if you're intoxicated but anyways yeah so, then, so he he told me so do you remember um 
I think the building was called ECLC or something like that. It e might have been ECLC. Yes, ETLC? thank you. Thank it's you. It's like yes. an engineering building, I think. Yes. So you yes. remember like there was like big, long, actually, this would probably be any um any room. But anyways, I was coming up and I was the row underneath him, is what I'm trying to say. Is that okay. it was like kind of those like long rows yes. of, of uh desks and chairs. Yeah. And so I had my stupid sling on my arm and it was like winter and I was probably like mad because I had to do my coat up with like one arm and I was right. all frustrated <laughs> and so he told me later that he was like he said to himself like oh that girl has a sling just like I did yeah <laughs> and um and then Doug and I also got to know each other at Kin Games okay I forget oh. Carmen did you ever go to Kin Games not that's oh, in okay. your, is that in your first year or is that Later on. Um, well, every year it happens. And so yeah. I had met him in Halifax, which was my third year because the group that went to Halifax, because it was like farther away and like probably more expensive, it was yeah. a smaller group. So there's only 40 of us. So I kind of got to know him at that time. And yeah. then in our fourth year, we went to Lethbridge and then that's okay. when we just started talking and then we ended up, he ended up getting my number and then we just started dating from there. Okay. Um, but yes. So, so yeah, so that was also the way that we got to know each other through that, that aspect other than just the sling story. The sling. But now, now can you tell everyone what kin games are? Cause I oh, never sure. went, but it was a big, it was a big thing in the phys ed kinesiology yeah. faculty. Totally, totally. So every, so unfortunately, like, Alberta um, faculty was either one of the only ones or for one of the very few that we were called the batch um, uh, phys ed faculty and right. every other faculty was called kinesiology. Now we're up to date, yeah. but at yeah. the time, yeah. you know, so one campus would host and then all the other campuses uh, would come and, and uh, compete in these games for the famous uh, shoe. And it was, <laughs> spray I think potentially it was spray painted the color of your school because I do remember ours when we won it we ended up having it green and so I just don't think I it probably was spray painted because um we unfortunately we unfortunately took some drinks out of it and I'm pretty sure I, you would taste like paint anyways oh my um, gosh so yeah. uh, all these celebrations it was a really fun time you okay. got to hang out with your buddies um yeah you were part of these different sports. So uh, myself and a couple of the other, I would say more females were part of the spirit squad. So we actually would go around and like cheer on some of the other sports that were happening. Yeah. Um, so it was a really good time. You, you would have like this whole floor of all the hotel rooms like booked and it was just, it was a good time. It was like good, good fun and um, yeah, good memories of that. So that would happen every year. So I only personally went, in my third year and my fourth year. So, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Then, yeah. That's where you met or, or got to know better your, yeah. your now husband. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. So. And when did you guys get married? Um, so yeah, so it was September 21st, uh, 2019. Okay. And um, yeah, so it, it was very, yeah, very close to the pandemic. So I'm super grateful yeah. because we did have a large wedding. So we wouldn't be able to oh, have, wow. probably have that if, 
if we waited any longer. Yeah. Um, so I'm grateful for that opportunity because we we had a wonderful day and it was it was just awesome. So ev- yeah. I think everyone's wedding day should be exactly what they want. And I go mm. and you know I think everyone's wedding day is awesome to them. But yeah. um, yes, I I'm very grateful because it was a good day and. Um, mm. Yeah, everything worked out. Yeah, yeah. And it happened right before the pandemic, you said. And so during during COVID with all the shutdowns and stuff, I imagine you were like in and out of work, um, just depending on the lockdowns. Uh, What about Doug? Uh, What does he do for work? So Doug is a teacher uh, at at St. Albert uh, High. And so he, um, at at the time he had, he had just switched schools and then he was doing a ton of math online, which was, that was hard. It was like, I think seven classes of math. And so it was really hard. And I felt really bad because there was times when I was home because Mm -hmm. I was off work and then he was teaching virtually in the office and, uh, you know, students would, would not show up because they had golf lessons or things like that. And so it was, it was, it was tough. Like um, Mm -hmm. he did the best that he could, um, but it was a hard and it's, it's a hard time for everybody. So I didn't Mm want to say that's the only Avenue, but Mm. yeah, he, uh, he was glad once he got, cause he's such a social person as well. Yes. Like both of us are, are extroverted in nature. Yes. So we do want that social interaction. So um, he was missing his coworkers. He's missing his students. Like, and it wasn't the same as we all know, like the, yeah. the in-person connection was lacking and it was like dampening his spirit for a while. Uh-huh. So yeah. So once he, and he loves coaching too. So he does okay. a lot for his school. Um, so he coaches, so he's missing that. And, yeah. Um, what does he so, coach? Uh, he loves coaching basketball. Um, okay. So that's his main. But if he could also coach volleyball, he would. Um, yeah. He's helped out with the badminton team. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So Yeah. yeah you two yeah. are just very active. Like, yeah, active backgrounds, active pursuits right now. That's so right. great. Yeah. 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 What do you guys like to do? Well, I was going to ask you earlier, because um, dance is your passion, and then it's entwined with your work. Yeah. So what do you like to do, you and Doug, I guess, but what do you like to do outside of your work, um, since dance is already incorporated in your work? Right. Is it still right. like a, a rela- relaxing outlet for you outside of work? Um, yeah, like, that'll be, that'll be definitely like, he knows that that's my passion. So I'll just, you know, take like that time to do whatever. And then he loves uh, playing basketball, etc. So he'll have that as his passion. Um, last year, you know, we we've never really played a sport together. Um, so last year, we actually joined um Edmonton Sport and Social Club and did pickleball so that way it was like yeah that way it was like a pairing right yeah. and and that was super fun because you know <laughs> Doug's very competitive I I give a good effort but I'm not necessarily like bad if I lose like I'm not the type of person <laughs> so I was like I don't know how this is gonna go and I also said I don't want to be around you if you're gonna be like moody every because <laughs> I'm like I'm like, we're supposed to just have a date night. So like, you just like make sure to, uh, and he's like, uh, well, I'm very competitive. And I I know, I know, but I said, just have a good time. And so anyways, it worked out really well. Um, It was good. Okay. I finally understood. I, 
I am, my brain does not go well with like strategy and tournaments and winning. Like I, my brain just, just not work like that. Where no. Doug, that's his, like, he is so good at that. His strategy. He's like, okay, if we get a point here, we're going to be here. And I'm like, I'm not even thinking what the score is. Yeah. <laughs> so we like, yeah. And so it was actually really good because forcing me to um, learn how to, um, uh, just like the scoring aspect of pickleball. I know that seems kind of potentially simple, but my brain just doesn't. So finally, as I got through the weeks, I'm like, oh, I understand it. Now it's a little bit more clear. So we've done that. Um, we just like to work on also uh, renovations on our home. So we try to like my dad's an engineer. So we try mm. to, you know, learn as much from kind of the boomer generation and, and yeah. Doug likes working with tools and stuff. So yeah. um, it, it's just trying to hold ourselves accountable to absorb as much of that, mm-hmm. that kind of non YouTube info that you can mm-hmm. get for these li- different projects. So yeah, part of me, whether it's doing like a, uh, you know, redoing a bathroom or uh, we built a deck last year or last summer. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's just navigating. Um, I like like kind of that nesting kind of like putting investment into your home. Like I, mm. I don't mind projects like that, like organizing yeah. or purging or um, and then building up that space to what you want. So I think mm-hmm. it just helps you. Yeah, just feel more invested in your home and so we like doing stuff like that um we like going out to eat um i don't mind doing errands like running errands with you know with the hubby so um yes i would say that's kind of our we we both have really um fabulous families so hanging out Mm -hmm. with my in-laws is great or hanging out with my family's great so um yeah we're very grateful so yeah yeah Um, i really like what you said about learning from the older generation, you know, those skills, those hands-on skills and knowledge that they have, that wisdom. Um, Even when it comes to, for me, cooking, like certain recipes that, you know, I just grew up eating, but never took the time to learn how to make it myself. And so, you know, just learning a little bit of that now, like actually having an interest in that now, because once that wisdom is gone, it's, it's gone unless you take the time to learn it. Right. So that's so cool that you're, you're using that or trying to gain that wisdom, that knowledge now. And then you have a reminder of it in your home. Like I did this, I built this. So that's really, really cool. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So have you done, um, yeah, like certain dishes now that you know, that is passed on that you're like, I got this. This is like a solid now. Well, so I do have to look up certain certain recipes, um, but there's this one that um, it's a type of sweet soup, it's called. So um, in Chinese culture, a lot of Asian cultures, we like to eat warm, sweet soup, like a dessert soup um, for for dessert. And so one of them, uh, my mom used to love it. It's this black sesame dessert soup. So it's just, so I, when I looked up a recipe, it was, it's literally black sesame, some, it's called rock sugar, but it could be any kind of sugar, um, and water. And yeah, that's it. So like, it's literally just, and you, you cook it and then you blend it up and it's like this smooth, just delicious, warm, 
black sesame soup. It sounds kind of weird, (laughs) but it's so delicious and very nostalgic for me. Um, Because like my mom really loved it. And, uh, and yeah, it was something that we ate, maybe not on special occasions, but it wasn't often that we had it. Um, And I just, I really like the taste of like just sesame in in general. And um, yeah, that warmth, it's just very comforting that comfort yeah. food so no, yeah, awesome. so just taking the time and um trying to uh just be more intentional about learning some of these things um because yeah it's it's what you can bring on with you right and totally totally and yeah. pass that knowledge on to to your future kids and, that's right and yeah exactly. so, my yeah. my mom is uh is a great sewer so um, like i just I'm shaking yes. my head because I've never uh, taken her up on that. Cause like, I, I just don't, she has a passion for it. And, but I'm yes. like, how lovely to have that skill for like yes. Halloween costumes. Like yes. I like, li- like Samantha and I have a younger sister named Sarah. Like we could just like tell my mom, exactly yeah. what she wants and she could just make it and think of how like cost effective that is i know Absolutely. when i go like you probably know with your kids like you go to yeah. the store at 80 dollars for this like crappy out <laughs> crappy superhero outfit and you're like what yeah. the hell and then yep. they grow out of it so it's like yeah. wow i just think like yeah my mom's like such a great sewer mm-hmm. and then and then my dad has helped us with the renovation so there's a little bit of transfer there but mm-hmm. it's almost like he needs to be our foreman is like just that kind of uh you know Doug is uh really good with with tools and he wants to learn but sometimes there's the troubleshooting that like you don't know how to navigate a certain project or um you know just how to make something really sound and smart and safe or whatever so anyways but we're trying. So there yeah. you go. Yeah. Well, if we ever decide to do some sort of renovation, we'll be coming <laughs> to you and Doug. And then maybe we can pass on some of that wisdom to us. Yeah. Well, we always joke we'll have like a DNA like uh construction nice. company. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Yeah. Oh, Husband yeah. and wife team. Yeah. That's you could, right. Then you can eventually get on HGD feet TV. And yeah. Yeah. Have a show. There's so, oh my gosh, there's so many. Yeah. So many. We'd probably yeah. be like a saturated market. <laughs> I don't know if they'd want to, they'd be like, uh, yeah, that's not but ideal. You can bring your humor and you, you could like do some dance in the middle, like as a commercial break. Kind the cutout, of yeah. And all yeah. the outtakes. Probably, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so if someone wanted to take a class with you or, you know, find out some more about the programs that you run, uh, where can they find you? Do you have an online presence? Yeah. Where can they find you? Yeah. So, um, service place is the rec facility. So we have a drop-in schedule. And so that Wednesday, um, dance class is, all is called Forever Groovin. It's Wednesdays at 9.15. Um, you could just come into the rec facility, pay a drop and pass, um, and just attend the class. We're in a big uh, soccer field type of setup, oh. so it's not a studio. And I'm very grateful, but I'll get between 40 to 70 people every week. Are I know. you serious? It's, I'm very grateful. It is such wow. a strong community, and it's like a sea of people and we just dance and it's fantastic that is amazing yeah well i mean it's a great community but it also goes to show that they clearly love your class 
Oh, thanks. Yeah, no, oh. I'm very grateful. Yeah, because wow. that's all, all you want as a group fitness instructor is to like have people come to your program and then have good programming. So yeah. check, check, that's happening. So I'm like, woohoo. But, um, and then if also, if you wanted um, to give um, some presence to, if there's any um, adults out there that are looking for a place to dance that are looking for some classes that are inclusive to all levels and mm. the opportunity to perform, um, Orcasis is the name of uh, the group that I dance with and we have become our own entity now because the U of A structure um, wanted to make us a student club, but we were, weren't able mm -hmm. to fulfill those. So, um, so yeah, so it's uh, www.orcasis, which is O-R-C-H-E-S-I-S, -S, Dance Society, uh, sorry, Dance soc.ca and so that um uh or or on instagram would be orcasis dance uh yeg and then you can see the classes that we offer as well as the performance we have one coming up in february so um hey. that is a way for people to perform um but it's nothing other than you can just come at the level that you're at and uh, you sign up for a piece and then you work on it for a couple about three, four months, and then you perform it uh, sometime either January, February. So, yeah. yeah. Solo, like solo performance? Uh, this, there, it's, it can be, but okay. typically it's a choreographer that is okay. looking for, uh, it'll be like five to seven dancers, and then okay. they'll have a theme to a piece, and then you just sign up for if that resonates with you or if also the time of the rehearsals work with you. And then we have about 10 to 12 pieces uh, for the show. So our show is about an hour and 45 minutes or so. So, yeah. So very cool. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll include all that info in the little description sure. um, so that people can find it. Um, so we're, we're at the end here and something that I do at the end of, each show or each episode is I ask my guests to list three words that other people would describe them as and then three words that you would describe yourself as so oh. I know I sprung this on you I don't know if you knew that I do this but yeah <laughs> three words that others would say and then three words that you would describe yourself as Okay, so others potentially could say let's say loyal Mm. Um, extroverted. Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm gonna say funny, even though my husband's like you know, <laughs> he doesn't find me funny, but I find myself yeah. hilarious. So uh, I'll just say that just to again. I was thinking funny. funny. Oh, in, thank in you, Carmen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then myself. So then the, it was how I described myself through things, yes. right? Um, yeah. I would say, hmm, I would like to say that I'm hardworking. Um, I would like to say that I'm a genuine person and mm. um, yeah, I would like to say, let's see. Hmm. And then I guess kind or respectful. So 
Awesome. It's hard. It's that's probably the hardest part of the interview is to say because <laughs> I feel like all I've done is talk about myself, but I know that's what a podcast is about. But anyways, <laughs> yeah, that's it's, the it's, point. That's <laughs> the point. Yeah. So Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time, Amanda. It was so good to catch up with you a little bit. I feel like we could have talked about so many other things because um, you and I, we haven't seen or really chatted in like since we graduated from undergrad. Yeah. So no, I really appreciate your time, Carmen. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for the invite. So. It's so good to see you. Okay, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in and we will catch you next time. Bye.